It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to talk about day number eight of New York Jets training camp. So for that, of course, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So Chris, as I understand it, today at Jets training camp, Michael Buffer should have been there announcing because... Let's get ready to rumble! Fights, fights! <laughs> I was I was trying to search on my phone for the Anchorman fight scene gift to send out, but because we were out at practice and I was like stuck in the middle ground of like barely getting Wi-Fi, but still being on the Wi-Fi, I couldn't get the gifts to work, so I wasn't able to send out my Anchorman fight scene gift. But yeah, it, it was rowdy, it was spicy, and uh, th- this is interesting because this is about the point in training camp where these fights tend to happen, but the thing is, players always say, yeah, we're sick of lining up and playing against the same players every day, um, but you normally get a break right around now, like you normally have a preseason game coming up, and they get to take that anger and frustration and aggression out on another team. There is no preseason games. There's no scrimmages with another team. There's just them coming back to work tomorrow. Uh, there's only a walkthrough tomorrow, so maybe that'll give them some time to breathe. But they're going to be back lining up against each other again. So this has the potential to carry over, and it it looked like it was going to get really ugly for a second. Uh, it calmed down. Cooler heads prevailed. There were some peacemakers in there, but it, it looked to be getting really, really ugly for a little bit. Sounds like Le'Veon Bell, the guy who everybody said last year was this terrible teammate who was going to cause locker room problems, was the guy that was trying to broker the peace among the defense and the offense here. Chris, I'm going to go through this piece by piece, and then you can fill in the blanks and tell us everything that I'm missing with my description. But what it sounds like is... The offense was mocking a chant the defense was doing. That started the problems. The big culprits here in terms of actual fights were Alex Lewis and Jordan Jenkins, apparently. Those are the two guys that were really the most aggressive about this. And I will say this, all due respect to Jordan Jenkins, who I'm sure is a tough guy and all, but I know somebody that worked with the team last year. His exact words to me, and this was a while ago, was if there's one guy on that team that I would never pick a fight with if my life depended on it, it's Alex Lewis. And we know the story with Alex Lewis. He almost beat a man to death with his bare hands in a bar. He is a very dangerous guy, which is an edge that you need to play offensive line. It's also something that you want to stay away from in terms of a fight. So all due respect to Jenkins, but I think it's probably good that people stepped in and stopped this before it got a little too out of hand because 
Alex Lewis is not a guy you want to be picking a fight with. By the way, there was also a fight with Greg Van Roten and Jordan Jenkins. So Jordan Jenkins was pretty frisky today, apparently. But there was a lot of tension with the offensive line and particularly Jordan Jenkins, it seems. Yeah, well, when it, the first play that it happened on, it was really hard to tell exactly who started it. I knew for sure Alex Lewis was in it because I could see him. Uh, clutched with his hand on somebody's jersey, pulling and yanking them around. I couldn't see who it was because the both sides of the ball, all 22 players quickly surrounded. And Alex Lewis is a big, large man, so I could tell it was him, but I couldn't see who he was grabbing. Other reporters said that it was Neville Hewitt. It was Neville Hewitt and Alex Lewis who first kicked it off, but it was Jordan Jenkins who definitely kept uh, kept it going. Uh, and Alex Lewis was more than happy to oblige. Uh, one thing I will say in Jordan Jenkins' defense, uh, I, I agree with you sort of, uh, about not uh, trying to fight Alex Lewis, but Jordan Jenkins has done a lot of UFC-style training. Avery Williamson said afterwards, that man knows, knows jiu-jitsu. I'd stay away from him. Um, so that having that can win – it can, uh, you know – Cut the cut the slack there. It, it, it can buy you a lot in a fight, but yeah, I'd, I'm still not testing Alex Lewis if I'm Jordan Jenkins at all. Um, but yeah, it carried over. It it started that one play. The next play, it started again. Uh, it, it died down for a play, and then another play later, it was back up. And then they, we we the us reporters just should have seen it because they start uh, walking down the field, and it looked like they were about to go into goal line drills. And we were like, what? Doing goal line now? Right after all that? They didn't end up doing goal line. They ended up going to just to red zone. But we were like, yo, going goal line after what's just happened right here, that seems to be inviting it all. Uh, again, they w- didn't invite it. Uh, but, yeah, there there was a lot. Greg Van Rotten got in it. Um, Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell both, like, walked fully off the field and into the defensive sidelines, completely as peacemakers. Nobody on the defense objected to this at all. They were, uh, you know, dapping them up, slapping them, uh, slapping hands. They, it was completely cool. And Marcus May on the defensive side went over towards the offensive huddle and kind of just sat behind there and calmed people down. So the, the, those were the cooler heads that prevailed. Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, Marcus May, they kind of got it down. But, it, it it was it was getting rough out there, and it looked like it was about to break out into like a full out team brawl on multiple occasions. There was like four to five different occasions where I thought we were going to have a full anchorman style uh, fight, and uh, it it didn't it didn't quite get there, but we were close. And really, I think the biggest thing that did that was those three players. Uh, like Jordan Jenkins sees Le'Veon Bell and and Sam Darnold walking to him, and he was like, "All right, all right I know, I know, not to mess this up." Uh, so he calmed down a little bit with them, but then he went right back at Lewis, so he wasn't quite ready to let it go. Just just to let you guys know, reporters tend to get a little excited about this stuff at these points of camp because it breaks up the monotony of camp and gives us a little bit. But uh, this this was one of the most intense. Uh, it's, it's not it's not the best uh, interaction I've seen there. I, I don't know if that one will ever be top, but this was close to the most dangerous one I've ever seen. Hell of a way to celebrate Joe Vitt's birthday, huh? 
Yes, 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 indeed. Again, like you said, the the Brandon Marshall, Darrell Revis one will always stand out to me. And that's mostly just because I will never forget hearing Brandon Marshall snap. Why'd you let Hopkins do you like that, Reeve? Like, I, I will n- never forget hearing those words. Uh, but this this was certainly more dangerous. Let's hope that they've got it out of their system because the last thing we need to see is something along the lines of what happened in Major League Two where the Indians start beating each other up in the middle of a game. Don't need that. So if they're going to take out their aggression on each other, let them do it now. And if they're going to take out their aggression during the regular season, let's hope they do it on their opponents rather than their teammates. And speaking of teammates, Chris, let's talk about one of the newest teammates that both Jordan Jenkins and Alex Lewis have been introduced to, and that is Chris Hogan. You don't like his nickname, 7-Eleven. To be honest, I don't really like it either because I think it's misleading. If he was that open that often, he wouldn't be bouncing from team to team and he wouldn't have a career high of like 700 receiving yards or whatever it is. But you have a nickname that you like, I have a nickname that I've already given him in my head. I'll reveal it in a second, but go ahead. What's this nickname for Chris Hogan, who, by the way, caught a touchdown today? Yeah, he had a, he had a very good practice today. But, yeah, he got the 7-Eleven nickname from when he was in training camp with the Dolphins, and it was because they called him that because he was always open. Obviously, that's not actually technically correct. Otherwise, he would still be on the Dolphins. Uh, so I decided to uh, – to change it, a, a quick tw- a tweak to quick food store. And now I understand that that's not going to make sense to anybody else. So I'll I, well, just walk with me for a second. When I moved, first moved into the house that I live in now, about 13 years ago, uh, one of the selling points of the house to me was I lived within walking distance from a 7-Eleven. I was still going out to bars and having people over at my house all the time, you know, staying up late and the ability to be drunk at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning and just walk over to get some late night snacks was clutch. That it was amazing. It was open all the time. I could go whenever I wanted. Um, it, it was great. Then just a few years back, all of a sudden it's not a Seven Eleven anymore. They changed the name and they changed it to quick food store. And they weren't open 24 hours anymore. First, they started closing at 10. Then they started closing at 9. Sometimes they close at 8. You don't know. But it's still within walking distance to me. It's still super convenient for me. I still go and I buy eggs and milk and cereal and stuff from there instead of going and making a full trip to the supermarket to get a bunch of stuff. It's still really clutch. It's right there. Every time I know I need it, I just have to work within its limitations. I know it's not open at 3 o'clock anymore. Just like I know Chris Hogan isn't going to be beating uh, guys over the top play after play after play. Just like I know Chris Hogan can't do everything on the field. But if you work within its limitations, Chris Hogan will be there for you and do exactly what needs to be done for you. You can count on him to be where he's supposed to be. You can count on him to catch the balls that are thrown his way. You're just, sometimes you think that he'll be able to beat this man and maybe he won't beat him on that play. He can't do everything for you, but it's convenient. He's there. He can, he can help you get what you need done as long as you work within its limitations. So I submit, that we changed the nickname to 
quick food store. However, as you pointed out before we start recording, it's not very catchy. And I also have a feeling that he would object, understandably so. Chris, you clearly never worked in branding because that nickname would never fly. It's just not catchy enough. It takes too long of an explanation. The easy nickname here is the immortal Chris Hogan because he keeps getting all these chances, bouncing around the league, having been an undrafted free agent at a Monmouth. And, of course, there's the tie-in to Hulk Hogan, who everybody's going to think of when they hear the name Hogan. So that's the nickname, immortal Chris Hogan, quick food store, too long, not catchy. Yeah. No, listen, the, the the idea behind me saying this was really just for me to make this analogy. I'm not actually <laughs> having expectations that this is going to stick and he's now going to be quick food store. But I wanted to make the analogy, and so I did. Uh, but, yeah, why, why not Chrismania? Could do that, too. And, by the way, if you're going to do quick food store, it would just be QFS. That's a much easier <laughs> sell as a nickname than quick food store. But he did have a really good practice today. He's starting to look like he's not going to be, as you say in your article at JetsInsider.com, the solution to the Jets' problem, but he may actually be a little bit more of a help than people realize. We talked about this before. He'll help a lot as a body in training camp, and then if they go into the regular season and they have these injuries, one of them that we're going to get to later plays into this because it's very important, Brashad Perriman, because if he's not healthy by the time the regular season starts, they'll really need somebody like Hogan. But he may not be the solution. He will, of course, though, if he sticks around, help with the problem to an extent in camp. And then if it comes to the regular season, he'll at least be an established guy who can help with some targets here and there. So I like the fact that he's doing well in camp so far. And that continued today. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like Chris Hogan's not going to be somebody who's getting you 12 catches for 150 yards a game. Um, he's not going to dominate a game. He's not going to go up against Stephon Gilmore and just absolutely smoke him and make him look, uh, you know, and look great against him. But he's somebody reliable for Sam Darnold. Uh, Jamison Crowder is somebody reliable for Sam Darnold. He's obviously a better than, than Chris Hogan. But Jamison Crowder is the only other guy. If if Herndon is healthy, then that's that's another one. But, again, we've seen what happened the first two years with Hernan, so uh, it's, it's hard to, for me to right now just expect 16 games out of him. Hogan, we know exactly what you're going to get from him. He's, he's got good hands. He's going to be sure-handed. He's going to run the right route. He's going to be in the right place at the right time. He's just not going to win every route, and he's not going to be open all the time because he's quick food store and not 7-Eleven. But – Again, he is somebody that Sam Darnold can trust and rely on. And with the shape of this receiver core, like that's not – when you're looking to sign a receiver and build rosters, you're not sitting there saying, hey, just get someone who I know where they're going to be and they're going to run the right routes. That's that's not the first thing you look for. But with the shape of this receiver core as is, that you need something like that. And you can't just go out and get, you know, a – uh, uh, Julio Jones like it's not that, that guy's not available so you have to take what you got right now you know they tried uh working out Kevin White and uh, Josh Doxson most uh not Josh Doxson uh Dante Moncrief um we'll we'll see what they end up doing there but as much as I'm for taking a chance on those guys 
I get going with Chris Hogan first, especially in training camp part, because you just know what you're going to get and he can help. It's not as much help as you would like, but he can absolutely help and they desperately need the help. No question about it. They could use help wide receiver from anywhere they can get it, including an undrafted free agent. We talked about Lawrence Cager yesterday, Chris, and now we're going to talk about him again because he had another touchdown catch. Yeah, I I didn't have as good a view of this one as I did the two yesterday, but I I saw him go up, I saw him get it, and I saw him come down in the end zone with it. Uh, So it's another another, uh, solid day for him. Uh, like I said yesterday, he just needs to keep building. He needs to stack these types of days. Uh, the opportunity is there for him to uh, at least start the season on this roster. Um, you know, maybe a practice squad, maybe active roster, maybe bounce back and forth. But there is an opportunity for him to do this. And if he can keep stacking these days together, right now it's kind of – we're going to be doing our um, – our reporter pool roster pool where we guess who we think will make the roster soon. And right now I think I'm going to have to put him in there, not necessarily because I think he's going to be in there. I just don't know who else is going to be there. And if it's somebody else, it's probably going to be somebody signed that's not on the team yet. So he's got the inside track. If he can keep building on these days, we're going to need to see a lot more of it, but he's making progress and that's promising. Even if he's just that guy that can make a catch like that in the red zone, it's something the Jets haven't had for a while, so maybe he sticks and he brings that to the table. One guy that you think is going to bring a lot more to the table, or at least you sure hope so, is Sam Darnold. But today, a miscommunication led to his second interception of training camp. Yeah, uh, the, the one yesterday I said I put more on Perriman because he just didn't put up a fight for it. This one seemed to be on Jess Smith as he ran uh, ran the wrong route. Uh, Darnold threw to a spot in the middle of the field when uh, Smith broke to the outside. Bradley McDougal was just sitting there minding his business, just, you know, keeping everything in front of him. Next thing he knew, balls in the air, and he just he saw it up there, and he went and got it, made a good play. Uh, but it was definitely a miscommunication there. Uh, it's it's possible it was on Darnold, but I, I think it was on Jeff Smith there. Um Otherwise, Darnold had a good day. There was a lot more. It was more of a heavy emphasis on run today, uh, which also probably led to uh, the fighting. So it wasn't as many passes as it has been the last couple of days. But otherwise, Sam had a had a good day, another solid day, again, running the offense, just looking more comfortable there. But this was definitely a miscommunication, and Bradley McDougal took advantage of it. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com.
With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With the running game, it sounds like the offensive line is still having a lot of trouble getting anything going there. Is that something that you've noticed as a trend throughout camp? And should we be worried about it as we get ready for the regular season in a couple of weeks? Yes and yes. Uh, I just don't know how you can't be. Uh, again, we talked about this. This offensive line, I know fans want to think in, that it's upgraded. Uh, but okay, you can think it. I just haven't seen any tangible proof of it. Again, McGovern's a definite upgrade. The Becton will be an upgrade on some plays, probably a downgrade on some plays, because like he's a more, way more talented than Kelvin Beecham. But Kelvin Beecham was a a seasoned vet, so that kind of balances out. And there's plays where Kelvin Beecham's got, got beat just because he's just didn't have the ability to do it but his veteran uh savviness made up for some plays so it's so probably even it out some plays Becton will be an upgrade and some plays will be a downgrade some plays will be about even um and then that right side Van Rotten uh, Van Roten I haven't seen anything to get excited about I haven't uh Vance looked all right I guess but uh yeah he's I've seen him get beat a lot by a guy that we're going to be we'll talk about shortly uh and, yeah, so I, I don't know. I just don't have any faith that this line actually is an upgrade. You would think that they'd be able to run block at least better than last year, but I'm not even sure that's completely true uh, based on the way that this training camp has looked. But, you know, this is one of these these age-old questions. How much of that is the, off- the defensive line dominating because they're really good? Because we saw last year that defensive line is really good, especially against the run, and how much of it is the offensive line looking bad. And this is where, again, we normally will look to preseason to give us a better example or a better feeling on this. But there is no preseason. We're just going to see them practicing against ourselves, so we're not going to get the answer to those those questions until the season actually starts. The guy that you were referring to, Chris, that has been beating Van Roten at training camp, and I don't think this has been talked about enough, is Terrell Basham. Now, Michael Nania over at JetsXFactor.com has done some good work on Basham, and what he said is that 
Basham's not a guy that you necessarily want to be your long-term starter, but as a short-term placeholder, you could do a lot worse. He actually was pretty solid last year when given the opportunity. It looks like he's probably going to be the other starter opposite Jordan Jenkins, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen... You know, he's he hasn't had any, a single day where it's just like, wow, look at this guy. He's just dominating everything. But he's made a handful of plays every day that have kind of jumped out to me. And so today I saw a bunch of them and I was like, you know what? I, he's having a really solid camp. He's, he's looked really good. I haven't heard anyone else really talking about him. Um, you know, and this is the danger of uh, reporting and training camp because – Typically, you say one positive thing about somebody, and then fans take it and run with it. Um, but he's looked really good every day. He's looked really good. Yeah, again, not dominant, not amazing and great, uh, but he's looked really good every day. How much of that is going up against Fant and Van Roten? Uh, how much of that is him? Is probably somewhere in the middle. But uh, he he has looked good, and it's promising with. The rest of the line with Nathan Shepard and Kyle Phillips and Quinnen Williams, uh, like they they have these guys. Uh, I think Basham can help and can can be you know productive for him. He's he's not gonna be leading the league or sacks or anything like that, but he looks like a guy that could right now that could actually help this defense and could actually um, apply some pressure to the opposing quarterback. Some players spoke after practice, as did Adam Gase. Adam Gase said one notable thing, talking about the Darnold INT. He said, we had a little leakage. Not entirely sure what that means, but okay, sounds funny enough. You had Ryan Griffin talking about how he's not sure if he'll ever feel like he did before the injury ever again. So he's sort of saying that while he's working hard to get back to whatever he can do, he's not sure if he'll ever be fully quote-unquote 100%. Speaking of tight ends, the other tight end is Chris Herndon, and tight end coach John Dunn said he thinks there's a lot in Herndon's body that he needs to get out. Take that out of context, it could sound way different than what he actually meant, but you get what he's saying. I think a lot of people are hoping for and even expecting in some cases a really big year from Chris Herndon. We talked about Avery Williamson. He said he's going to stay away from fights because he was tired. And also he said Jordan Jenkins was doing some weird jiu-jitsu moves out there. So he wanted to stay away from all of that. Smart man Avery Williamson, especially coming off of that injury. And like I said, do not get into a fight with Alex Lewis. Anytime you see him in a skirmish, stay away from that. If anything, if a bunch of players are getting in just to break it up, maybe you could do that. But do not get involved in a fight with that guy because he's not somebody that you want to tangle with. Chris, we do have some injury updates. We talked about Brashad Perriman before. Not great news there. And then we have updates on Brian Poole and a couple of other guys. So let's talk about this. What's going on with the injuries? Yeah, Perriman just had some light swelling in his knee. They expect him to be back, especially tomorrow's walkthrough. He'll be back by the next time that they practice. So that's that's not anything to really worry about as long as, you know, it doesn't continue and pop up. Uh, Bryce Hall was back out on the sidelines today. That's the first time we've seen him. So that appears generally when we see them out with their jersey on, but off to the sidelines, it means they're getting closer. Uh, it's what we saw with Avery Williamson the other day. Um, and Brian Poole, well, we told, we're told that he had an underlying um, medical condition that caused a, an extreme reaction uh, with his, uh, in regards to his dehydration, and that's what we're seeing now. 
So they're just kind of taking uh, being extra precautious with it and being super slow because of how extreme that reaction was. Uh, but he's making progress and, and should be able to be uh, rejoined. He was out there uh, on the sidelines as well. It might be a little bit longer with him, um, partly because they uh, they ha- have a good feeling about what they have in them and just because of the extreme reaction there. Obviously, they didn't get into any specifics or details there about the underlying uh, health condition, personal reasons and all that. And then uh, Denzel Mims is still progressing, and I, I think that we'll probably see him within the next three practices, I, I want to say. But, yeah, so so they're, they're starting to get a little bit healthier on that front uh, and get some more reinforcements in. Uh, they're definitely going to need Perriman, definitely going to need Mims. And, uh, you know, with the, the year that they had, uh, that Poole had last year, that's going to be huge to get back as well. And then, obviously, Bryce Hall being the rookie, you'd like to see what he got, especially with uh, – we talked about it in the draft. He had the injury coming into it, but he's a player that would have been drafted a lot higher if not for that injury. He's a really good player, so it would be nice to be able to get a, a decent look at him uh, before they end up breaking training camp. Hopefully, now that that practice is in the books and there's just a walkthrough coming up tomorrow, everybody can rest and heal their injuries from this skirmish that happened today. And of course, we will have all the details if something else happens at the next practice. But let's hope that they got all their aggressions out, at least, like I said, their aggressions on their teammates. They can save the rest of them for the regular season and take them out on their opponents. Chris Nimbley of JetsInsider.com, thanks so much for coming on and talking about training camp with me. As always, really appreciate it. I'm sure that you've got a very colorful description, just as you did on the show, of these brawls today up at JetsInsider.com. Yeah, absolutely. Got the three observations up there. Get into details about the fighting and everything else. So go ahead and check that out. Over these next couple of days, going to have a lot more, um, obviously, more observations from it. We're, go- we're supposed to get a-, a scrimmage sometime this week, although that might uh, – that's, that's going to – get pushed back a little bit because of some of these injuries, but I think we're still going to get it at some point this week. So that'll be something you guys will obviously want all the updates and information on. And I'll have a bunch of player specific articles up uh, pretty soon as well. So go ahead and check those out. Go ahead and check out Chris's very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. Follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.